Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here with you guys. And Jessica. And we have a very special guest with us today. Monica, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to everyone listening. I'm super excited to be here. I am so stoked to have you. We've been like in touch on Instagram for, I feel like a long time. And I was like, you know what? We've got to do something on the podcast and just, you know, hang out together for a little bit. Talk about engagement. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, I am too, because I think, man, this is the time of the year when teachers are like, are you serious? Engagement's not even a real thing. We're just (laughs) trying to make it through the school year. But I think it's a, I think it's a perfect time because I really want to just let teachers know that, Hey, we still have time and this time. It can be engaging. It can be fun and we can still crush it in the classroom, regardless of whether you got two weeks I know some listeners have much longer than two weeks. So <laughs> I know we were talking to one of our other friends and so many East coast schools, I feel like get out at the end of May on the West coast. We're here until like mid June. Yeah, I know. So different. <laughs> it is. Um, I think part of it used to be because I live in the middle of a cornfield. And so we had to be out for like farming season. Sure. That's sure. a non-issue now, but right. I'm going to embrace it. <laughs> Hilarious. I love it. Well, we are so excited for you to talk about engagement. I know on Instagram, like that is your thing. And that is something that we are always talking about on the podcast and with our EV teachers and our membership is just rigor and engagement for our students. You know, we have to get them engaged in the lessons. And I think sometimes we see engagement or we hear that word and we get a little bit nervous, like how that's so overwhelming. I have to do all of these crazy things in my classroom. And that's not necessarily the case at all. Um, and so I just, I can't wait to hear your three engagement ideas that you're going to bring to the table for us today. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and and I think that's the thing. It doesn't have to be complicated and Jessica. Yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say there? I was going to say, I'd be really curious to know what is your definition even of engagement? Cause I think sometimes it is so overwhelming. Like I have to do so many crazy things and be like the cruise director, you know, but Mm -hmm. maybe you're able to simplify it for us with your ideas so that teachers are like, Oh yeah, I can do this. Yeah. When I think of engagement, I'll, I'll pair the three tips with three questions. So for me, when I think of an engagement, I think of three really essential questions that we simply have to reflect on, like on a daily basis. And the first question is like, did students enjoy being in class? Like if they can say yes to that, it is very likely that there was some sort of really powerful engagement. Mm -hmm. So that's the first question. The second question that we don't ask ourselves enough is, did we as teachers enjoy it? Right? Like teacher engagement's a real thing. And if we hate walking into our schools every single day, guess what? We're not engaged and we're not going to continue walking in or logging into our schools. So question number two is, can I genuinely say, I loved teaching today. And then the third question is, did everybody learn something? Because I think there's a big difference between like we had fun and Mm. then that was the end of it, right? So Mm. did the kids enjoy it? Did we enjoy it? But then in the end, did everyone legitimately learn something? If we can say yes to those three things, I think it's a game changer in education. And I think it proves very simply that engagement happened. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. You are like speaking our language. As you're mm-hmm. saying all these things, I'm thinking our book is coming out on June 1st. And I'm like, that's what we talk about in the book. Like you have yeah. to love teaching as a teacher, but you also can't just have engagement, right? Yeah. You have to have rigor. We talk about rigor a lot as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's this whole kind of like 
balancing act of ensuring that you're not just standing up on stage with a microphone in your classroom, you know, doing Mm -hmm. shenanigans, like, are your students actually learning something? Mm -hmm. I love those three questions. Brilliant. I'm curious. Are you allowed to name drop the title of your book? I think we can. (laughs) Do Do you want to share Jess? Yeah. Our book is the empowered ELA teacher. And we really speak into the fact that in order to be that empowered teacher, you know, you need to bring the rigor, you need to bring the engagement, and then you Mm -hmm. have to have a lesson planning approach so that you're not going, you know, crazy and not having a balanced life as you plan out all those lessons. Yeah. I love that. In my, it's interesting because like the word empowered, I think just resonates with so many people. And like in my head, as I was going through those three things, a different word came to mind, like game changer. Like like if we want to be game changers for kids or if we want to empower other teachers or empower kids, like sometimes I think we get so caught up on using the different words. Shit, guys, we're all talking about the (laughs) same thing, right? And so I don't know if you can cuss on this podcast. I think we're going to have to put explicit. Oh Oh my goodness. It's okay. That is my language, Monica, but I just try to keep it very, you know. (laughs) I had an an E on my most recent podcast episode too. I (laughs) I saw that on your podcast. I don't even know how to put the E. You just, there's a, there's a checkbox and Perfect. you like have a moment and you're like, well, we just cut out half the listeners, but <laughs> the other half are going to love it. So hilarious, Monica. Well, with that, let's move into your three tips, your three strategies, what you're bringing to the table today. Yeah, for sure. So the first one is at, especially at this point in the year, like, I feel like oftentimes as teachers, we feel like I'm out of solutions. I got nothing. Like the things that were working at the beginning of the school year, like they just might not be working anymore. They've, the newness has worn off. We as teachers aren't as cool as what we used to be because they've been in our classrooms for 150 days. Like, so we kind of get into this mindset of, I don't have the answer anymore. And so my very first thing that I want to say, my very first tip is students have the solutions. Mm -hmm. They do. We just have to ask. And so let me give you like a real life example of something that happened in my classroom recently. Like I was done. I was frustrated. I was like, guys, what do you need? It was a rhetorical question. (laughs) I wasn't looking for like an answer. And they said, one of those trays from Walmart. And I said, what are you talking about? And they're like, we want one of those food trays from Walmart. And I said, a food tray? Like you want a platter? And they're like, well, we want food on it. And I said, what are you talking about? They're like, Miss Shenta, all the hard um, to peel or cut fruit is really expensive and we don't know how to do it. So we want one of those food trays from Walmart where everything is cut up for you. The pineapple, the watermelon, the cantaloupe. And I'm like, guys, that's called a fruit tray. (laughs) We're talking about a fruit tray. And they're like, yeah, we want that. And I'm like, what? That blew my mind because we know that kids are motivated by food, right? But we think Mm -hmm. like ice cream cake, hot Cheetos, a pizza party. They wanted a flipping fruit tray. That's what they wanted. And so it was kind of this interesting thing because out of frustration, I said, like, what do you need? What will motivate you? And guys, they told me the answer. Mm -hmm. They said, here's what we want want a fruit tray. And so I was like, okay, but here's what's up. I'm not just going to bring in a fruit tray. Like, here's what we need to do. And I got very 
clear and consistent about what had to happen for the next month. So this is something that started at the beginning of April and it will go towards or to the end of April. It's a month long competition. And what these kids wanted is a fruit tray. And God forbid, if they reach the goal, I'm going to go to the Walmart and I'm going to get a fruit tray and I'm going to say, Hey, we made it. I love it. Now this obviously is tied into engagement because the goals that I have is, are that like, we are participating. Mm-hmm. We are being respectful. We are turning things in on time. Like we are stretching ourselves to learn during these last few months. So that I think is a really powerful thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. we assume if we ask kids what they want, they want AirPods, mm-hmm. they want Nike Air Max, they want Sometimes they want a fruit tray and <laughs> I I'm going to, it's going to cost me like freaking $17. Cause those cut up fruit trays are expensive, but here's the funny thing. I told my mom about this. Her name's Jane. And she's like, Oh, mama Jane will cut up all the fruit. <laughs> oh. I love this. She's like, I'll cut up mama Jane will cut up the fruit. And I was like, mom, you don't have to do that. She's like, no, I want to, I want to. <laughs> this story so just gets better and better. <laughs> I mean, super mama Jane to the rescue here. <laughs> Hilarious. I think that that is so important because not only like just for rewards for our students, because I always assume like they want a cake pop from Starbucks and they probably Mm -hmm. don't. I love that they wanted a fruit tray. They don't even know what to call it. Um, But I think too, like in the lessons that they're going to do, you know, give them options. What do you guys really want to do? You want to do, you know, we're going to talk about these discussion questions. Do you want to have a Socratic seminar? Do you want to have Mm -hmm. a silent debate? Do you want to do this? And giving them the opportunity to just like that student choice. I feel like at this time of year, asking them what they want is so Mm -hmm. key to keeping them like they made that decision. They take ownership over it in that moment that they made that choice. It's something we as moms do with our kids too, right? If I want them, I mean, you can either make your bed right now or you can, you know, brush your dishes away. You're going to do both, but let's make it a game and you get to choose. And all of a sudden they're buying in. So Uh I love that. And I, I, I think this just came full circle because what we're doing here, like this whole thing is about empowering our students. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we talked about at the beginning with like the engagement, sometimes engagement and empowerment, like they work together. Right. Yep. Yep. Love that. Very great strategy. Ask your students. What do mm-hmm. they need? What do they what want? Do you need? And tell us if they say fruit platter and let us oh know. <laughs> I would love it. Now I kind of like want some watermelon and pineapple <laughs> too. <laughs> but like for real, pineapple is so hard to cut. It I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But Mama Jane will. Side note story. My mom asked me to bring a fruit platter to their house for, for Easter. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I'm that's like not my thing at yeah. all. And so I sent my husband into the store. I'm like, go grab a fruit platter. And he comes out from the store. He's like, they were so expensive. And he has a pineapple, a cantaloupe and like some other things. And I'm like, do you even, I don't know how to, are you going to cut the pineapple? Cause I don't know how to cut the pineapple. And my husband's like, I got it. And he put together this beautiful fruit. Yeah. I love Maybe it. My husband loves to do that too. It's just funny. You said that, that Daryl and Bob can like <laughs> go have a barbecue or something and oh my gosh. bring the yeah. pineapples. Love it. And if they want to fly into rural Illinois and help mama Jane out, let me know. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Send them on a one-way ticket for a while. Yes. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. I love my husband. Love All right. Let's move on oh. to number two before we get too distracted again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the second thing is to turn our no's into yeses, because 
I think that students of all ages, especially older students, like I work with middle school and high school students, they almost anticipate we're going to say no to everything, right? Like they have this kind of skewed perception of like, we're always Debbie Downers. We always want to cancel their fun, this kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And so another example from my classroom that happened just last week is we were in the middle of a lesson and a girl raised her hand. I'm like, oh yes, I love this. I'm like, all right, Gracie, what's up? And she's like, so can we play pin the tail on the donkey? I'm like, Gracie, what in the world? Like, no, we cannot play pin the tail on the donkey. Caitlin and Jessica, I want you to know that at no point in time were we talking about donkeys. At no point in time had I asked them for suggestions on what we were doing. But I think every listener right now can resonate with that. Like, it was one of those moments, like, where in the world did that come from? No, we're not playing pin the tail on the donkey. And then like that engagement side of me, that, that part of me that doesn't want to always be that no teacher quickly process that. And I said, wait, no, we're not going to play pin the tail on the donkey, but maybe we can play pin the tie on the llama. And they're like, what is that? And I'm like, it's a new remix of the game. But again, Here's what needs to happen for the next 44 minutes. Now, the first six minutes of that class were nothing short of a train wreck. Like the kids were a disaster. They were all hyped up. We had just come back from spring break. At this point, there was kids, nothing short of falling out of a window. And I'm on the second floor of the school. So (laughs) they did not deserve to play pin the tie on the llama. And honestly, I said, yeah, let's play if we can for the next 44 minutes prove that we can like be in this lesson Mm -hmm. we're gonna play I didn't have a llama and I didn't have a tie but I didn't think I was gonna need it because it would have been a freaking living miracle had they achieved this goal and then they were absolutely amazing so I was like shit we already had the explicit so I was like shit (laughs) so I went to the printer and I printed out a llama and a necktie and I cut them out and I was like game on. And for the last three minutes of the class, we played pin the tie on the llama, but everybody was engaged because we blindfolded one kid. And then the entire rest of the class had to communicate together where they should actually go. So then it turned into a great social and emotional learning activity because at first everyone was shouting over the top of each other and kids were saying, take like one big step, but like a big step is not the same for every single person. And so it created effective communication, collaboration, teamwork, like a sense of calm in the classroom. And they had earned it because they were engaged in the actual lesson. Mm. So to summarize that, like, what can we do to start turning those no's into yeses? It's not always going to be a yes. Mm-hmm. There are going to be some things where are like, no, we don't have the budget for that. That's right. not safe. That's not practical. But in this case, they wanted to do pin the tail on the donkey. I could turn that into a yes. And for three minutes, that's what we did. But do you know how much time we maximized because they were level 10 awesome mm-hmm. from the point that I said yes to the point that we played that is powerful. Very. So powerful. 
And I'm going to like throw in there because I just thought of this while you were telling the story for our EB teachers listening right now. If you need a quick engaging activity, we actually have a pin the cell phone on the student and it's a preposition activity because we created it. We were like, we need something fun to review grammar. And frankly, grammar is dry and boring sometimes. So let's make it fun. And your activity just reminded me of it. So throwing it out there. I knew you were going there because I saw it on your Instagram and I thought it was the cutest story ever. I love it. It was, it it was like one of those things where I had planned on just trashing the llama and the tie at the end of the class period. You better believe I put it in one of those clear plastic sheets and put that in my, like my teacher resource library. Cause I'm like, we're totally doing that again. That's coming back. (laughs) I want to be a student in your classroom. Like I can just tell it's fun and enjoyable, but I'm going to be learning and that your students just can ask you questions and feel comfortable, you know, sharing ideas, like pin the tail on the donkey in the middle of class. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome too. So maybe you and your husband are going to come, your husband can slice fruit and you can just come into my classroom. Done. Okay. An educational opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Okay. So number two was to find ways to say yes to our Mm -hmm. students in the classroom. Love that. It gives them, again, same word, empowers them. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So number three, the last one is really about the fact that our kids are so much more than facts and figures. Um, I think in a lot of ways this year with state testing and like just this level of maybe mistrust in education, we're turning to numbers and data probably more than we ever have. And our kids are more than facts and figures. Our kids are human beings and that social and emotional support and that social and emotional learning is absolutely essential. And that's actually what I do this year. So for my first 12 years of teaching, I was a middle school and high school science teacher And then prior to the pandemic, um, my superintendent and I and the principal kind of sat down and said, like, our kids need more than this. And it's not just my kids. It's all all of our kids on a global level need to be equipped with life skills, communication, compassion, camaraderie, like all of these things to feel connected in the school. So I got hired to teach um, social and emotional learning, not as a group not as an enrichment, not as a once a week. So all of my students have me, every middle school student in the building, and then also freshmen have me as a dedicated SEL class time wow. every single day. And it's, it's this beautiful blessing that I want to applaud all the schools who have seen this need mm-hmm. prior to COVID, but even more so now and said like the, the best resource that we have is time And if we want our kids to be amazing humans, then we need to invest that time into them. And of course, there's so many of your listeners that I'm confident are already doing the SEL learning standards within the context of their current classroom. Mm -hmm. So, so kudos, goodness, kudos to those teachers. Cause I get it. Cause that's what I did for the first 12 years in my science classroom. But to summarize that, what I would say is what is important to students has to be important to us. And oftentimes like Caitlin and Jessica, like we are not the same age as our students. We didn't grow up the same way. And so oftentimes we don't know what is important to kids, but again, they'll tell us. And then what are we going to do with that information? So during 
Thanksgiving of this past year, um, kids got really heated up about green bean casserole versus mashed potatoes. And what was the superior side at a Thanksgiving celebration? And this wasn't just like, whatever, green beans. I mean, this was like a heated debate. And I'm like, dang, my teacher brain was like, this is important to them. They're 12. Having a plate full of green bean casserole is important. I don't get it because I think it's a terrible side. It's disgusting. <laughs> All right. Agreed. But right but this was important to them. And so then it became like turkey versus ham. Then it was like, are you pumpkin pie? Are you pecan pie? And this whole thing started happening. And I was like, oh my gosh, my teacher brain clicked. And I was like, we need to find out once and for all, what is the ultimate Thanksgiving like plate? So I created a bracket similar to like an NCAA bracket. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've, I put green bean casserole next to mashed potatoes and I put turkey next to ham and we battled this out and we let everyone have their voice heard once and for all. Tell us why you're picking mashed potatoes. Tell us why you're picking pumpkin pie over pecan pie. And as a first hour family and a second hour family and a third hour family, we crowned one plate as the best plate for our school family and kids who never participated like during a normal lesson were so passionate about this and kids who are like shy and reserved were like coming out of the woodwork and I thought this is crazy and we built relationships and we worked on communication skills and we talked about a healthy way to debate when you disagree with somebody mm-hmm. And so I thought, dang, there's a lot of power in this. So how can I take this idea of what's important to students has to be important to us and continue to build content and curriculum around that? So then something that our kids are struggling with right now, and not just mine, all of our students who have access to technology is social media apps, right? Mm -hmm. With the toxic nature of TikTok for kids and the sneakiness of Snapchat for kids. I did the exact same thing. I took social media apps and I put them in a bracket and we battled it out about which was the ultimate social media platform. But as we were doing that, I was sneaking in the content and the curriculum that I needed to discuss on like, Who are some people right now that we shouldn't be following? Who are some, what are some of the behaviors that we're seeing on Snapchat and on TikTok? Why are you guys not on Facebook? They're like, cause I only talk to my aunt on Facebook, right? (laughs) Like, so there was all this really, really great communication, but they were into it because it was something about that they cared about, but it was my goal. And I think it's our goal as teachers to leverage what kids love Mm-hmm. and then figure out how we can learn from that. Totally. And so, yeah, it's, uh, speaking of TikTok, I am like not on the TikTok. Us either. Like, I don't, I like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then I like did this battle bracket thing and somebody's like, will you save that on TikTok? And I'm like, whatever. So I recorded a quick thing on TikTok and evidently this, I don't, I didn't know this was going to be a hit on TikTok, but Go for viral. Me, so, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know what it takes to go viral, I don't but know. like two weeks after I posted it, I opened the app back up for like the first time. 70,000 views on that, on that bracket <laughs> video. And I was like, so I say that not as a flex. Cause I have like four followers on TikTok. I say that 
to show the, that that's a valid thing for teachers is Mm -hmm. we just have to figure out what our kids love and then leverage it to help them learn. Totally. Yeah. That's so so true. Great stories. I mean, I feel like like I'm in a a comedy show. You just, I agree. (laughs) I'm like, tell me more. I know teachers listening to this in like their car ride to school are like, no, don't let it end. What else? I know. I know. Wait, can we recap all three of them? Can we go number yes. one, two, three? Okay. Yes. Okay. So number one, students have the solutions. Never be afraid to ask what they want or need. And then we can create from there. Mm-hmm. Number two, let's try to turn more of our no's into yeses. Not every single thing that they want or need is going to be a yes, but every once in a while, can we surprise them with a yes and really earn some street cred with our students? And then finally, what is important to students has to be important to us. Even if it's not in that moment, I, I just know that your listeners are creating creative enough to take something and then say to myself, say to ourselves, what can we do to turn that into a lesson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. So So teachers, as you're listening and you, you know, come up with some brilliant idea, share it with us and Monica on Instagram, you know, tag us or like send us a DM. Like we want to know how you're utilizing these strategies in your classroom with your students. I think they're applicable all the time, but I think it's a brilliant way to head into the end of the school year to keep those kind of in the back of your mind as you're in your classroom, you know, how, what can I do right now? These last four weeks of school that I have with my kids, you know, as an eighth grade teacher, those are like my last moments with those students before they would go on to high school. And I know a lot of our teacher listeners are eighth grade teachers as well. And like, what are you going to do with your kids? These last couple of weeks of school, how can you bring these into your classroom to really build those connections, to build those relationships with your students before, you know, you send them off into the world and let them, you know, fly as eighth graders. I feel like it's like, you're sending them off to other people. And I think to bring it back to what you said at the very beginning, Monica, to like bring some joy back into teachers' lives, to let them be engaged. And we're all just surviving this year, right? And like, let's enjoy these last few weeks and have some fun ourselves and remember why we became teachers to begin with. (laughs) So as we wrap things up, Monica, I'm sure everyone's going to want to like just be around you more. So where can we hang out with you? I know you have something cool coming up this summer. Can you share that with our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So, um, hang out a lot on the Instagram. I love it. I was really late to the Instagram game, but like, I feel like I found my niche. Uh, I do cuss sometimes on my Instagram too. So fair Uh warning. I know. Um, but also, um, I'm attempting the TikTok and the Twitter and all of that, but kind of like what, what Caitlin said there is if you found like this was beneficial and it felt like, oh, it was just so real and relevant. Um, this summer I've got a really cool opportunity. So I normally speak all over the country in person, in schools, hanging out with you doing professional development, but obviously with COVID we've had to just kind of rewrite that narrative. So for the second summer in a row, I am bringing the conference that I normally do in your schools into my home office. And it is going to start on June 1st and it is not pre-recorded. I don't have a huge lineup of speakers. It's me and you and other teachers who are just looking for a really fun, really flexible virtual event. Um, And the entire thing is tailored to your specific needs as teachers. So if you need help with engagement, relationship building, 
um, climate and culture in your school. Like if you need it, I'm going to deliver that, that love and those ideas to you. And registration is open at monicagenta.com slash summer. It's at a freaking ridiculously great price. Your principals are going to pay for it for you because it's official uh, PD credits. And if you're not able to come to the one of the sessions that are live, it's all good. They are available for you. And you can watch it by the pool with a glass <laughs> of wine. I mean, whatever you want to do. You do you, but do it at the awesome conference. Love it. I love can't it. Wait to see it. I just, I feel like those are the things that as a teacher, I just didn't really feel well-versed in. And I mm -hmm. didn't learn that stuff in college. And I was always like, how can I be better at social emotional learning as a teacher. And I just feel like this is going to be so helpful for so many teachers. Well, and Monica, I feel like you have our back because I know like you got all started by going to PD where you were bored and you didn't feel yeah. like it was valuable. Right. And so now you're like, no, I'm not going to deliver the same boring PD where you could have been, you know, grading your yes. essays or whatever in the back. So I just know that teachers who go to your event are going to be like, yes, this was worth it. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, PD doesn't have to suck. And, right. um, so yeah, it's not going to this summer either. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast, Monica. It was great to touch base with you and we will see everybody next week. Have a good day, everybody. Bye.